Hi everyone, thank you for joining me on this podcast episode. When I first started tossing around the idea of doing a podcast, my heart, my inspiration was really just to give back and to um, share some of the things I've learned and I'm learning um, in the business world and personally. And so I hope you really enjoy this episode, enjoy other episodes, and if you like it, please share, please comment on it because I really enjoy seeing that and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, welcome everyone to the next episode of Winning with Beckwith, and I am excited and delighted. I don't know why I just said delighted, but anyway, uh, we have Keith Elgin on the show, so welcome to the show. Thank you, glad to be here. Uh, Keith is currently the worship director of a live church, mm-hmm. which I'm going to do a bad job of describing. Um, you know, the the full encompass of a live church. So, how many okay. campuses are there? So, so we have, so we have two in Southeast Virginia. Yep. And then we have one in St. Louis, Missouri. And then we have one that meets at a correctional facility in Virginia. That's a, a uh, partnership with God Behind Bars. It's a campus there. Yep. And then we have a kind of a partner church in Manila, Philippines. That it's, obviously it doesn't look exactly like our church here. But they do watch the weekend messages and they do kind of stuff. So we partner with them and help them too. So Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's a very large church <clears throat> that covers really a, a huge geographic, a geographic area yeah. now. Um, and so you're the worship director. So yeah. So for people that may not um, be familiar with what a worship director yeah. does, what what is your job? Yeah. Real quick. So so I actually have two roles now. This yeah. is more recent. So I'm the the campus pastor of the downtown Suffolk campus. Yeah. So I oversee that campus just from like the big picture perspective and help with people. Really, I'm like a people yeah. person, you know. So my the worship director roles. I see that I I, I lead that centrally. So. That does not include the Philippines, and it does not include, right now, um, the God Behind Bars campus. But I uh, kind of lead from a higher level the St. Louis location, the Western Branch, and, and the two Southeast Virginia locations. Yeah. And so I'm really kind of the, uh, I kind of carry out the vision of the church as it relates to, to, to worship. So I really understand like so our, those yeah. those that don't go to church, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt yeah. you. Okay, yeah. What is worship? Okay, okay. <laughs> let's start at the beginning. Yeah, let's go. No, I think that's so. It. So, <laughs> so you walk into church, right? Yeah. And there's there's a uh, at our church. Let's say our church. You walk in, right? There's people in the lobby. Everyone, there's music vibing in the lobby. Yeah. You know, it's like it's basically like you know Christian Urban Outfitters music. You know, yeah. So, so it like feels good. <laughs> it's vibey. You know, we got a coffee shop. You know, and it's like welcoming, right? Then then we got nine thirty. Let's say the service starts, right? Yeah. Boom, there's a countdown, there's music playing, we have a band, right? Drums, bass, guitar, piano, some vocalists. We kind of got a little bit of like, we got lights and a video wall, and it's like it's like a fun experience. It's really like immersive experience. Yeah. So I oversee the band side of that. Yes. Also, the, music. the lobby vibe music. You know, the lobby. The, the, yeah, the that's important. It's important. Um, <laughs> so I oversee that. So, um, so you manage a bunch of different bands. And I'm just essentially saying, okay, yeah. So I'm just trying to break it down. So I I knew that. Yes, right? sorry. I, yeah. I go to that church. It's a great <laughs> church. So we go to church together. Yeah. Um. But that's he he essentially oversees a bunch of different bands and creative people, which we're going to get into in a minute. But yeah. I don't want to get into yet. Okay. I just wanted the audience to kind of understand who we have here. He's amazing. So, um, <laughs> so we'll get into that in a second. Okay. But we, if you if everybody knows. Yeah, if you've been on the Winning with Beckwith podcast, mm-hmm. I do a lot of complimenting 
Okay. Right. So I That's might great. say you're a legend or amazing. Yeah. Right. Just you're, go, you're just right. go you with it. You say those things all the time. So I, you're just a complimentary person, I think. Yeah, That's like good. That's good. I think that's a good yeah. thing. So Crazy. anyway, I wanted to, you know, before we get into the, the what you do every day, because yeah. I think you bring a little bit different perspective, mm -hmm. which is why I wanted to have you on. But um, tell us about like who you are as a person, like family. Tell yeah. us about your, your family real quick. Yeah. So um, my wife, Emily, we've been married for 14 years. Yeah. Almost 14 years, 13 and, you know, three quarters. So I just, I don't want to be the guy that's like, we've been married for like yeah. 17 and then I get home and it's like, we've been married for 20, you know. Yeah, make not, sure you get it exact. <laughs> got that right. right. So, um, and we, right now we have three little boys, yeah. five, three and one, and we have another baby that's coming. In. Awesome. Did you know this? I didn't. We, know we, Congratulations. We haven't really publicized it. So I don't know when this podcast is coming out. You got but, a couple weeks. Okay, now. good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that's coming uh, in a few months. And so, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's like a circus in our house, you know, yeah. jumping off the couches and wrestling and crying and then playing and yeah. swords and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So it's like that all the time. Our, our oldest had gotten T-ball. So we're having practice and you know that kind yeah. of stuff, um, so that's fun. Um, you know, I grew up. I grew up involved in church, and I always I, like I, I love sports. I played sports all growing up. I actually wanted to be a, a a basketball coach, so I went like the teacher route. And I thought, you know, if I'm a teacher, I could get summers off. That's yeah. pretty sweet. And then I can also coach sports, and so I get to do these these you know the schedule's kind of nice, and I get to coach sports. And because um, that was always my what I was driven to do, and then um, just you know as life went on, I just God kind of opened doors for me. I feel like you know to to help me see uh, what maybe was a better path for me. Yeah. And you know so I even started going to grad school after one day of grad school to get a teaching license. I was like, this is not for me. This is you know. And so the music <laughs> doors opened, and the and the the, the 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 church avenue happened. And I started writing music and releasing music and doing all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's funny that you're asking really about who I am because for up until, you know, I've been, I've been on stage leading songs or e even playing like at coffee shops or, I mean, I've kind of traveled, I mean, I have, not kind of, I have traveled all around the world and, <laughs> yeah. and played, played music or led worship or done these things with different bands and spoken at, you know, multiple continents. And um, you do that and you're on stage in front of people enough and you kind of can start believing your own hype, you know? Oh, for sure. And so, and it's not that I was walking around feeling like, you know, some kind of way about myself, but it starts to become, like what you do starts to become who you are, yeah. you know? So it's like over this last year and, and you know, you're a leader and you're in front of people and you're, you're helping lead volunteers and manage staff and, you know, I, at one point I started an organization that still kind of functions in the background, but I'm not as involved with it. And, you know, doing those things is great. But I think what I have learned about myself is those things don't define me as a person. So who I am and is just, you know, who I feel like I was created to be apart from I can sing. What You know, you get yeah, off the yeah. stage and someone's like, oh, man, I love when you sing. You're you're my favorite singer in the world. You're a legend. Yeah, you know, yeah, some people yeah. say that. So if you, you, you know, I'm not putting well, words in your mouth. But, you in know, all just honesty, because because yeah. you are, we have a very big church, right? Yeah. And so in the community, I can certainly see how you would be easily recognizable. When you're on stage, right, that can happen. And so yeah. I think it's a good point, though, that you bring up, and I wasn't really planning on going here yet, yeah. but that's good, <laughs> is that when you... Um, 
become your job yeah. and that you identify with that's who you are, it can really steer you down the wrong path. And totally. so um, I think it's a good point because I, I make it a point, especially to my children, but really anybody I can talk to is like, um, you are Keith, yep. right? You happen to be a legend in the worship directing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you happen to, you know, play music or you happen to, um, you know, preach or you happen to do these things, but that's not who you are. Right. Right. God gives you talents. Mm-hmm. God gives me talents. God gives us all talents. Right. And so when we look at those talents, right, God wants us to use those talents, but that's not who we are. Yeah. And so it. when I, what I wanted to do um, and you really did a great job. I wanted to just get the audience to know, like, hey, this guy's a family man. Yeah. I know your children, mm-hmm. right? Um, can I say their names? Sure. So your oldest is, is Freedom. Mm-hmm. And so I just I just think it's great. Can you just tell the audience why you named them Freedom? Yeah. What goes behind that? Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a, uh, there's a two reasons. There's a scripture that says, and it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Yeah. So that was kind of the baseline for it. And, uh, you know, we're not like... You know, my wife is creative too, and so it's just like John, Steve, like you know, like those types of names. It just wasn't like, good just, enough for you. Wasn't Nothing the wrong with if your name's yeah. John or Steve yes. or Matt. Love that you're listening. Nothing to the wrong podcast. with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> please, please keep subscribe and share. <laughs> exactly. But um, but uh, our, one of our friends wrote this song called "Death Was Arrested," and yeah. we were we were and I remember this because we we were like, okay, let's like one. We didn't know. We, you know, we we were like seven months into getting ready to have a baby and still didn't have a name. And so we, we took like a beach trip, just me and Emily. And um, Emily was my wife's name, yeah, by the way. Yeah. I didn't say, did I say that earlier? I don't know. No, okay. I knew that. Okay. His uh, wife's name's Emily. Yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, they wrote this song called Death Was yeah. Arrested. And there's this part in the song that talks about freedom. And uh, it says, but Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. And, and I don't remember if she said it or I said it and said, what if we name him freedom? And we're like, that's it. I mean, it's like, I mean, right now I got goosebumps because I know in the moment you're like, that's it. You know, that's great. Yeah. I love the name. And I just, yes. as you were talking about your, your kids, it just came to mind. Yeah. Um, so you went to, you graduated from George Mason. I did. Right. Yeah. And you said you were originally, did you, you studied education? And well, you, I, English. So I was going to be an English teacher. So yeah. I, I got an English degree and you know, so I got like a provisional license to teach. I actually taught English for one year okay. in high school. And then, um, you know, like I said, then I went to get my, my master's and my license to teach, and I made it one day until I was like, this, is, this ain't it, you know? Yeah. So That makes sense. Yeah. I had a one day in an eighth grade class, and I determined I wasn't going to be a teacher either. <laughs> so you had, it took you one year. It took me, it took me one yeah. day. So that's good. Yeah. Um, and so um, one thing, though, I always ask everybody, like, something that, that not many people know about you. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to ask you that, and I still might. But okay. there's one thing that I know that not a lot of people know, but okay. you wrote a viral song. You wrote a song that went viral. <laughs> I did. I did. So let's, let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, so that might have been the thing if you said people don't know about you. You just, you just exposed it. So, <laughs> so somehow along the way, so I've been writing music for church for, you know, 15 years now, yeah. I guess, 17 years. And somewhere along the way, I became, I did this event with somebody that at the time was the, the Redskins. He was a linebacker. Now they're the commanders, you know. Yeah. Uh, he was a linebacker. Commander. Commander. Uh, he had an organization, and I played at this event. And while I was there, you know, this is, and this is just how it works. You, you're here, and you're just available, and then you meet somebody, and they ask you to do something, and whatever. Yeah. So I meet the, 
a, a, a guy there who hosts a radio show. We kind of hit it off. He's a sports talk radio show. And in college, I hosted a sports talk radio show. Oh, wow. So, you know, we had this. Something else we didn't have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's like, hey, would you be willing to. Yeah. The, my co host hates this song. Would you be real, willing to rewrite the lyrics to kind of mock him and, and we'll surprise him you come in the studio? So I did. And then they're like, it'd be great if you could write a theme song for us. So it was another parody song. So then they're like, hey, what if you wrote a parody song for the Nationals when they go to the playoffs? So then it was like, okay, what about Kirk Cousins? So I wrote this parody for Kirk Cousins. And so he was the quarterback for, the, for them at the time. So I start writing these parody songs. So every time this big thing, and, and it turned into like, I wrote one for the Caps. And the Caps were the number one seed in the playoffs. Yeah. And they, got, they lost in the first round. And it was this huge upset. And I started getting all this hate on Twitter. It was like, this is your fault. This never, you know what I mean? And they're like, never write a song again. And so, <laughs> so um, but the year the Nationals were in the World Series, I was like, I mean, I was, I'm just pumped, you know? Yeah. So I write this song for the Nationals. It was a parody to Can't Stop the Feeling, Justin Timberlake. And, uh, I mean, should you sing it? All right, that would no, be awkward. I'm, no, no. <laughs> um, I'm sure if you Google that, you can find it's it. It's on YouTube and Facebook, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, uh, so I wrote this song that all in one night, I wrote it and recorded it the night they won the NL to go to the World Series. They're going to play the Astros. So I wrote this whole song. I recorded it at my house, and then I put it out there the next day. And, I mean, you know, it was like, you know, everyone's hyped, all the Nats fans. So I don't know how many, 70,000 in the first like day or two or something. Yeah. So then, you know, Fox 5 DC called me and they're like, well, would you come on? And so I went on the air there and did it. And I went back on the radio with my friends in DC and did it there. And so it just became this thing that I never knew. I knew how to write parody songs, but yeah. apparently I did. So it went viral and that's great. Yes. So you're famous. Uh, yeah, Got sort it. of, yeah. Most least, people don't know me my name, but like if, if I'm like, hey, did you ever hear this parody song? <laughs> people are like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that was me. They're like, oh, you know, it's that sort of thing. So. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So transitioning a little bit. So I wanted everybody to just kind of get to know who you were. Mm -hmm. um, going back to what you do today, yeah. I, I really wanted you on the podcast because I think you bring a different perspective um, to leadership. So most of the guests that we have on mm -hmm. are, are from the business world. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like working in, in um, as a pastor, right, or working for a nonprofit yep. is different in a lot of ways. And also you happen to lead and manage creative people. And yep. I want to touch on that, too. Um, but the first thing I really wanted to get into is you basically you lead some people that are paid, but the majority of the people mm -hmm. you lead are, are not paid. They're volunteers. That's right. Yeah. Right. And so. What would you say some of the keys are to leading volunteers and, and or individual serving at the church? Um, I mean, how do you get people to show up? I guess that's that's what I'm. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's funny because you know it's funny because we. I mean, these are ongoing conversations, you know. Yeah. So, like that I have with with my leaders and um, with the staff and stuff. And I think it's it's probably pretty much anything that happens with any relationship. You know, like I think communication is is important. Showing value is important. Making it fun is important. So, yeah. so one thing on our team that's important. So we we tell everybody. So our team is high commitment. You know, because you're going to have a rehearsal. Which before rehearsal, you're going to have to practice. So you're going to have your own time where you're practicing. You're going to have your own time. Then you're going to come together for rehearsal. Then maybe sometimes we have something on a Friday night or a Saturday. You know, yesterday we did some event in at a city at city hall. And so there are things outside of just you show up on Sunday morning with your guitar, you know, because yeah. it takes it takes work. 
And so we let everybody know from the beginning, this is what you can expect. So we tell everybody, we're going to lay out these expectations. This is what it means to be a part of the team. Pause. Yeah. That's because that's really good. And I want to touch on that. Yeah. And so one thing that I think is key here is with the leadership from the very beginning, you're laying out expectations yeah. because what I see a lot of times, and this happens all the time in the business world, mm-hmm. is like <laughs> you just hire somebody, right, that is getting paid, and you yeah. tell them to do a job, right, and then they start doing it wrong, but you never really told them from the beginning what the expectation was from the job, right? So then you can't hold them accountable to that, that's, right? That's it. And so go ahead. I yeah. didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's so that's Expectations it. are that, key. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. So we have a friend who, and we did this work with this organization in the past, my wife and I, and the leader, Jean, she says that, uh, unspoken expectations is premeditated resentment. Yeah. So you're so from in our perspective, our team we're so relational. We spend a lot of time together. What we do is relational. You have to be. You're you know even just on a practical musical. I'm not even talking about spiritually. Yeah. The drums and the bass have to work together. The piano and the electric guitar have to work together. This is like little minute details of music that makes it actually feel and sound good and be engaging, but those relationships are so key and if you don't have clear expectations then you know if I don't communicate hey I expect you to be here at 7:15. this is the time this is our call time be here at 7:15. come prepared and I don't tell you that and then the first week you show up at 8 o'clock and you haven't listened to the songs yet yeah I'm not I can't be like hold you accountable to that yeah. you know and then when I try you're gonna be frustrated with me now our relationship there's there's a gap in our relationship yeah so if and of course, we don't think of everything. We miss it sometimes, you know. And I actually I learned this the hard way because yeah. I give that example because I was leading. It was at a church that I helped start. This was about ten years ago, and the time I told everybody to be there was seven fifteen, and everybody was getting there at seven fifteen, and I wasn't always ready. So seven thirty, seven forty five, we would get started, right? Yeah. And so then I'm ready one week at seven fifteen, and I'm like, what the heck? I told everybody to be here at 7.15, nobody's here, what's the problem? And I'm like, guys, I really need you here at 7.15. Yeah. And one of my good friends told me, we, we have been and you were never ready. So that's why we started coming later because we never start on time. And I'm like, oh, that's a tough leadership Yeah, lesson. I'm gonna pause you again because yeah. I think that's another great point <laughs> that you know I've made the mistake and you just said you've made that mistake. But really when, you, when you're bringing your team together um, and this applies to sports too, because I see this in, mm-hmm. in coaching and stuff too. Is if you're not ready at the time you tell them to be there, yeah, right, then they will naturally um, show up late. It's because we're wasting their time, mm-hmm. right? And so, as a leader, we need to make sure that when we're having meetings or we're bringing people together, that we're not wasting their time. Make it impactful. Mm-hmm. Take that time that you have together and make sure it's intentional and impactful, That's it. yeah. And that goes back, I mean, you know, I said communication and yeah. showing value, that's a way to show value, you yeah. know? Like I always, I always am like, I wanna be the first one there. Yeah. And when I, and this, you know, when you have little kids, it's a struggle, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, babe, we, we are no longer the people who are late, we are the people who are early, you yeah. know? Because I wanna be there, so if we're like, rehearsal is at seven o'clock, you know, okay, I'm going to be there 6.45 at, at the latest. That's my goal, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, because I don't, I don't want to be the leader that is doing that, you know? And so that, value, that shows value to people's time. I think showing value just by letting people know, this is back to the volunteers, you know, you're asking about, just letting them know you appreciate them. Yeah. So showing them value by just recognizing, hey, I know that it's a Wednesday night and we've been here for three hours and I know that you missed your kid's bedtime and you didn't get to hang out with your your wife or your husband, 
and I know that you probably got to wake up for work at five o'clock and it's yeah. 11. So, you know, if, if it's just like take, 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 volunteers aren't yeah. going to, it's not going to last very long. No, I, I totally agree with you. And, I, and one thing um, that I love about our church, and I think this is a key, and we're talking about church and so there's more of a, a volunteer. So if you lead a volunteer organization, um, I think one thing that you can take away from this is serving and, and showing up to church as a volunteer at our church is built into the culture. Yeah. And so it obviously um, starts with the right expectations and stuff, but that's something that's been built into the culture. And so even if you work at a company, um, you may not have volunteers, but there are certain things that you have to build into the culture early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so obviously the reason it's built into our culture is, is we believe that the local church is important. Yeah. And like show, Sundays, um, if you don't know, there's a lot of work that goes into uh, Sundays at a church, right? I mean, um, yeah, behind hundreds, the scenes, hundreds of volunteers. So hundreds, it's not yeah. just you just pot. You, I know you probably just show up and you know you're ready. Yeah, play no, my guitar, no preparation, yeah. but <laughs> no, but really, there's tons of, of preparation that goes into it. Um, but it's a part of the culture, and I think that's key. If you, if you want to have volunteers at a nonprofit or a church, mm-hmm. um, show up, appreciate them set expectations, yeah. right? And then also, you just kind of have to build that in the culture. That's just what, what we do, Yep, right? Yeah, for sure. I think, and I think, you know, and Pastor Michael always says this, he always says that culture, I mean, basically, we have to do culture intentionally because culture can drift, you know? And so, and so, I mean, I've been seeing this lately just with, you know, having multiple campuses and me, this is my navigation, right? Now. I'm yeah. trying to navigate because I'm at a different level of leadership than I was six months ago, a year ago, I'm constantly trying to grow. And, you know, I look back to where I was 10 years ago and I'm definitely better than I was, but I'm like, now to go where we need to go next, I can't, I can't do the things I did to get where I am. I got to do what's going to take us to get to the next place as the leader. That's right. Right. And so setting that culture is important, you know? Yeah. So the last thing I said was fun. I think that helps showing value. I think if, if you're getting a group of volunteers together and you're like, Hey everybody, okay, it's time to do this. Let's get to work. Okay, see you guys later. Come back tomorrow, whatever. It's like, you know, have some food, yeah. make some jokes. Like, if yeah. you, you know, if everybody's there ready to start, like just, you know, have a fun. And I, and I can't do something that's not fun. If it's not fun, I don't want to do it, you know. So who doesn't <laughs> like fun, you know what I mean? So uh, We could go down a whole road there. Um, <laughs> so how do you measure success, though, when you're managing volunteers or, or overseeing, maybe not directly managing them, but yeah. how do you measure success? How do you know if what you're doing is working? Um, I mean, it's so this is a little bit different probably than most areas, but I think you could you can look at the output. So part of the output that that we look at is is there we're serving. So we're looking at the response of the people in the church. Are people engaged in in the worship? So meaning when we're playing the songs, are do are people singing or are they just standing there like this? You know, yeah. if they're standing there with their arms crossed, then something's going on. And sometimes that's Somebody's singing a wrong note. Sometimes that's on on the planning end. Maybe this song that wasn't it. You know, we should have done. You know, something like that. So I think success like that. But I think when when we look at are more people wanting to get involved? Yeah. Are the people who are involved wanting to do more? You know, because there are people on the team now that we're like, hey, you need to. You've been on. You've been doing this for like six weeks in a row, which is for some people that's a. We have a Tuesday morning prayer meeting. So. Yeah. They're there on Tuesday morning. They're there on Wednesday night for a service. They're at Thursday night rehearsal. And then they're at church for like six or seven hours on Sunday. So, like, if that's a good sign that people yeah. are doing that, you know. 
Then on the other hand, if there are people that are like, hey, I'm blocked out for the next eight weeks. I can't do this for the next eight weeks. We're probably going to sit down and have a conversation. Just make sure on a personal level, hey, is everything okay? You know, so I think, I think looking at engagement on, on the volunteers and do more people want to be a part of it. So healthy things grow. So if we have a team of 60, 80 people, and then a year from now we have a team of 30 to 40 people, it's like, hmm, you know, what, let's dissect it. And maybe, maybe there was like a big military move and we live in a military community, so yeah. 20 people moved, you know, so maybe it's just that. But maybe it's not. Maybe it's the expectations were not set a, set ahead of time, or maybe the communication that we should be having isn't happening, or maybe people don't feel valued. You know. Yeah, I think things. a lot. What you just said was all good, and you know what I like there is you talk a lot about evaluating what you're doing. Yeah. You, you're, hey, did I do something? Was the song choice not right? Was yeah. were we doing something? Where were they not engaged enough? Right. Mm-hmm. And I just think I, it was a good pause moment because as leaders, I just you have to constantly be looking at yourself. And I know I say this a lot, but we always have to be looking at ourselves and what we could do better. Because generally, if something's not working and we're in charge of it, yeah, it's usually because of us, right? Not all the time, yeah. right? But that's the, way to, that's it, the right? weight of being a leader. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I want to talk a little bit about excellence. Right? Okay. So we talk a lot about excellence at, yeah. at our church, mm-hmm. but doing things, not just doing things, but doing things the right way, mm-hmm. um, I think it's something that that's so important and because we're talking about volunteers mm-hmm. what I guess how do you push that excellence while balancing that that need to serve and you've kind of touched on it a little bit but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, well in our in 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 the church world I mean you know we're serving God so if we feel like you know let's just go back to the beginning we feel like God gives us life yeah and he gives us purpose. And so we're going to give him back like second second best. You know, yeah. that doesn't make sense. So that's like at the foundation of it. Like we're going to do like God deserves our best. Yeah. We're going to do our best, you know. And so back to the expectation thing. From the beginning, if if we say come on time and come prepared, the, the excellence actually happens in the little things. So if you just come to church on Sunday and you're like, man, that music sounds good. These musicians are so great. You know, it's like. I mean, yeah, but it didn't just happen, you know, coming on time, learning the songs, us letting the team know ahead of time, expectate, like, this is the song we're doing. So even now, like, the, Rachel, who's a staff staff person, if we're going to do a new song a month from now, we're not going to send it to the team on the day of rehearsal and say, hey, here's a new song. We're She's sending it out now, a month in advance, to say, hey, this song is coming next month, Yeah. so be prepared, you know, start to get this song in, in your kind of in your bones so you know so by the time we do it it's you know yeah. it's second nature and then we have you know we have a team of people who are good at what they do and yeah. so we have a, a process to join the team so we're not just so I can't just show up and be like hey I play guitar and do you play guitar no then no, you can't sorry <laughs> <laughs> if I did I can't just show up one day correct yeah. people think that they're like this yeah. is church I should be able to do right I should be able to do what I want to do and we're like but it's not about you this is yeah. like you know it's not even about me yeah. because part of what I've learned as a leader is when what we're doing I mean in this might this probably applies to here like you're not leading your area here with what you think is best, you're doing what's best for OVM, you know? Right. And so I am, I'm, I'm setting aside my preferences as a leader to determine 
what do I think is best? What does this church need? With obviously with the direction of my leader, my leaders, and then, you know, trying to filter that down and, yeah. and explaining the why to people so they don't they don't just feel like we're telling them what to do. But we have this process where from the beginning we're gonna help develop you. It's not like you either come in as a pro or you're out. So, you know, it's not American at all. So we tell people this. They're like, what does it look like to audition for the team? And we're like, well, it's, you're not going to sit in front of a panel and sing, and then we're like, you're going to Hollywood. It's not that. Yeah, yeah. You know, instead, we're like, this is more like an assessment. You have a desire to do this. Some people, you're like, hey, this is never going to work, you know? But most people were like, okay, if you have some inclination and desire to do this, we want to help bring you along and get you to where we can continue to do this together yeah. and help people get to the level of excellence in their individual area to help them develop. And that's what's going to help the team develop. And yeah, and it's again, it goes back to expectations, right? Here's the process to be yep. on our team. Mm-hmm. And here's the process to work at our company. Here's what you have to do to get there. But that doesn't mean it stops with where you are. Yeah. So in your world, maybe the person shows up and they're, they're, they're a good singer, mm-hmm. right? Maybe they're not um, to the level you would want them to be yet, mm-hmm. but you're going to work with them, yeah. right? Or... They're also amazing, but we're still developing them mm-hmm. um, as we go. And I think that's a good parallel to the business world is because we always have to be growing no matter what we do, um, whether yeah. it's playing drums or uh, playing guitar. That's right. Yeah. Right? You, there's still time for you. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I might. I might. Have, have your daughter teach you. She, can teach you. <laughs> she, she is. She's tried. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't stick, yeah. So I know um, we're, getting, we're getting close to the end, so there's mm-hmm. a couple... Number one, I want to give you a minute to um, talk about the new song mm-hmm. that's been released, um, you know, by a live church, mm-hmm. and, and you're a big part of that. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, I, you are leading musicians and creative people, mm-hmm. and so not everybody's always leading musicians, but you may be leading creative people. So, like marketing, yeah. generally speaking, are, are a little bit more creative than people mm-hmm. like me. I have uh, very little creativity, and I appreciate people that are creative. <laughs> um, but tell me what it's like to lead creative people. Like, what are some of the challenges and some uh, of the ways you? Yeah, that? I think I think you know, creative people. It, it's it's art, and so art is uh, has a lot of feel to it, you know, yeah. and so I think. It, it can start to be like we kind of we talked about earlier. It can be like an identity thing. So if I tell you, hey, that you're playing the piano, and I'm like, hey, can you play it like this instead of that? I'm not saying you as a person, as a creative person, is are terrible at the piano, but people feel that, you know. So because they know, really they own that, like that's a personal belief. That's that, they personally identify. Yeah, with and it's like an artistic, you know. There's an, it's artistic, an artistic expression. Thing, yeah, and so. You know, you just, it's like everyone's a little bit of a prima donna in what we do, you know, and so you kind of have to get to know individuals and you can't lump everybody together and be like, everybody's just so touchy feely and you know, whatever, but you have to get to know the individuals and help speak to them. But understanding that, you know, some people want details, they want to know all the, they need to know this, 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 they need the structure. Some people, they just, you can just, Tell them one time and they got it. Some people, they have, you know, ADD and they're thinking about this other stuff. And so you're like, hey, you, you got that? Repeat it back to me. You know, like, yeah. like there's not just a, a catch-all way to do it. Um, so that makes it challenging. But we really do have a team approach. So, like, at a rehearsal, I'm giving that as an example. Um, we have multiple leaders at a rehearsal. So one person's working with the vocalist. One person's working with the band. 
one person's doing this, and I'm kind of like helping bring it all together, kind of a little bit like a music producer. And um, I think that ends up, you know, the person who's leading the vocals can talk to those people like they need to be talked to. The, the band person can talk to these people like they need to be talked to. And, you know, there's, there's, there's not, like I said, there's not really a catch-all way to do it, right. and it makes it challenging. But I think you just got to give clear direction. I think you have to be aware. Yeah. Right? You have to be aware yes. that everybody thinks differently. And that's why I wanted to bring that up because because yeah. um, I creative, managing creative people isn't really that much different than managing anybody else. Yeah. Other than the fact that it's going to be different and you need to approach things different yeah. based on how that person reacts to things yeah. or how that person, um, yeah. how their personality is basically. Yeah. And I think if... If there's clear vision and you can help people understand why you're doing what you're doing, I think that that can ease some of that awkwardness with creative people where they feel like you're attacking them. Yeah. We feel like, I would say we because I am one. We feel like you're attacking us. <laughs> um, I'm not trying to project on people. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but if I can understand why we're going where we're going and I understand that there's something bigger happening and I'm a part of it, then I can get on board with it versus if you're just telling me what to do. That's a little frustrating, you know. You no, don't want to I be totally boxed agree. in as a creative person. No, never a good thing. Never. So, all right. So tell us about the song. song. What's it called? Fully alive. Fully alive. So, the vision statement of our church is to help as many people as possible live fully alive. And so, we released this song called "Fully Alive" very recently, and wrote it a couple of years ago. Actually, the week that like kind of the world shut down for COVID, the song was getting recorded, and so that went on pause. And then there was like all these times that we were going to release it. Um, really. You know, a guy, that, a guy that we both know told me this story about how he was going through this time, a uh, really tough time in life. He yeah. lost people close to him, and he gets in his car, and he's like listening to this worship music, and he feels like at peace. Then he gets out of his car, and he's like, feels like the weight of all these things happening. Yeah. Then he gets back in his car, and he's like, okay, I'm at peace again. And then it just kept happening, you know? And so when we got in the room to like work on this song, we had the title because Pastor Michael's like, we need a song called Fully Alive. And I'm like, great. So I had the story. I shared the story. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's where the, the line in the song is like, fully alive, now I'm breathing. Because it was like this weight was lifted. And that's really, it just kind of went from there about yeah. what does it mean to live fully alive that your circumstances are always going to change. You know, when you look at your life, um, through the lens of your circumstances, it might seem dire. But in our case, we look at our circumstances through God's lenses. So there's a line in there that says, through heaven's eyes we're looking, yeah. we're seeing. If you look at your circumstances through those lenses, you realize, okay, this is not, this doesn't define me. This isn't the end. You know, there's more going on right now. And you can, you can kind of like breathe easy in, in there. So, yeah, I love that description. Yeah. I mean, I've heard the song for a couple of years now because we, yeah. we, yeah, we've been, you yeah. guys have been playing it. But yeah. Wasn't released, so wasn't where released. where can we find that? Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Prime. Fully alive. Fully alive. If we alive just search worship. for "Fully Alive" by Live Worship. Yep, we can find the song. Yep, that's right. Yeah, if you haven't heard it, I would definitely check it out. It's fun. Um, I love it. And more to you come. Know, keep working on a remix. A remix. Yeah. A little, okay. Yeah, <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, man. Um, amazing. I felt like uh, we could have talked a lot longer. There was a couple areas I wanted to go down, but I yeah. knew you would keep talking. And so I will, I will, I will keep talking. <laughs> yeah, we talked about before the show. We we're like, he he's, he told me that he talks a lot. 
And um, I can keep going. You didn't talk. You didn't. You did great. I yeah. appreciate having you on. So thank you for joining this episode. Um, again, if you like it, please comment, give us feedback, um, share it with all your friends, anybody that you think would like it. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.